What's up? This B-Boy Rich. I'm DJ Butter, y'all. And it's Funky Fresh in the Flesh, Flesh Podcast. You what's know what up? I'm yes, so, sir. So what's been up, Butter? Man, um, just came into Detroit, man, and link with a lot of the homies to get us some content for what we got to come out for the future. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, music, got- movies, documentaries, podcasts. We doing it all, man. That's what's yes, up. Yes, sir. Yeah, so if y'all don't know, we got we got some good content, man. Yeah. Like I learned so much about Detroit history, rap history, and these this past week more than I learned over shit the past forty years, mm. man. Man, it's a good thing we got to monetize to get into the world, man. I got a storage just for Detroit hip hop, man. So <laughs> storage full of CDs, vinyls, T-shirts, everything. So. We, time for the people to see what what we see you know what i'm saying man butter you got man y'all don't know butter got some crazy shit on video man like man. i used to pop up over his crib and then he'd be like check this out rich and he'd hit play he chilling with slum village or something you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. d12 just got old footage classic footage yes sir man man we got some documentary stuff um we want to want to really blow out the youtube page you know what i'm saying really yeah. Get people to really see what's going on with Detroit hip hop in a major way, you know. That's what's up. We gonna put some some of that footage. We gonna put not just our interviews, but we gonna put some of Butters' exclusive footage. Yes. On YouTube or even maybe our uh, Spotify listeners too can see that as well. I'm gonna start saying Michigan hip hop more too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause Michigan. look, yeah, we gotta yes. represent what we got. Yaktown. Yes. Yes. Flint. You know what I'm saying? Yaktown yes. was influential to Detroit hip hop mm-hmm. in a major way. Flint, you know what I'm saying? Everything from Breed, his whole camp was DFC. Family. Yeah, yep. they oh man. Yep. I remember going to I remember going to Atlanta and it was this group down there. Um I forgot their name, but they had a song used to be like straight from the dead. Slanging oh, yeah, yeah, billows, yeah, and they was rapping like "dump dump, down to yeah. must chill" or what something. Was ghetto mafia or something. Yeah, yeah. ghetto mafia, yeah. man, that shit was hard. But yeah. I was down there, and I was like, man, this is so fucking hard. You know what I'm saying? And it was like the whole vibe, and they kept talking about the Dayton family. Mm. Like I'm down there, you know, looking at they artists. They telling me about my artists up here. So it's, yeah, the Dayton family they 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 reach was far, man, especially yeah. down south. I used to go to Flint just to look for them, and you know to go see my aunt Blanche, my uncle Milton, right? Um, my, my cousin Ben. You had an aunt named Blanche. Yeah, was your golden girl? <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, she was she was hardcore, man. She was, yeah, yeah from Flint. Well, she was in Flint. Yeah. Everybody in Flint, a little a little yeah. hardcore. Flint, my cousin Jamal, man, too. Flintstones. Yeah. That's why they call them yeah. Flintstones. Yes, hard. yes, yes. Yeah, I, yep. man, to try to run into Ready for the World and all. Oh yeah, guys. yeah. Man, I want to meet all them guys. Yep. You know, Dayton family, the MC Bree. As soon as MC Bree got on. I went out there. Just when he passed away, I took my father out there. Wow. Yeah, we went to the funeral. Damn. You know who put Ready for the World on? Mm-mm. Mojo. Electrifying Mojo. Oh, wow. Yep. They, he broke their record. Mm. Yep. It was first, first DJ, man. Ready for the World, man. You know, yep. MC Breed, um, Ichabon, who they started with to invest in MC Breed? Who? Clarence Carter Stroking. 
For real? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I be stroking. Yeah, that's a that's a guy. Yeah, yeah. I be singing that to my wife every now and then. (laughs) She be like, "Go, go, baby." Yeah. That's why I told y'all I'm practicing to be an old grouchy, grouchy man and <laughs> yeah, shit. That old dirty old man. <laughs> man, That's I funny. can't wait to these people see that the interviews we got. Man, um, we got we got a onslaught of Detroit legends on. Um, yeah, Maserati Rick Jr. I got his dad yep. documentary. We just talked to him the other day. Shout out to the Carter family. Yep. Man, got DJ King David. We just did an album. Called Good Dope Sells Itself. Got my man B-Boy Reg is on there. I'm but- Butter got me out of retire. I don't know if I ever retired, though. Uh, no. I ain't put an album out to retire mm-hmm. from. But I got a lot of verses out there on Butter. Shit, I got verses out there in the, in the universe. Yeah. They dope, too. Because I used to I used to just write rhymes. Like I think that's the one thing I regret about rhyming. I used to just be writing rhymes. Because I never... I had one rhyme book, but I didn't really use it. Mm-hmm. I used to just write all my rhymes in my head. Mm-hmm. And then when you call, I already have a verse for you and right. shit. But, like, um, yeah, over time, man, like, Butter butter hit me up every five to ten years and shit. Be like, man. come lay a verse. I'm down there 59 shit. Last time I recorded, <laughs> I was 42. Wow. <laughs> shit. Then 38, Mo Master still had a studio. What you you was on that. you was on my album Shit Happens. Yep. Shit Happens. You was on Shit's Kill the DJ. Kill the DJ. Yeah. I remember so my my one of my best memories was um we was at Mo House. We did um Detroit Detroit hmm. with um me, you, Des, well uh Lil B, which is Wesley Valentine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh TKO, yeah. which is Joe Bizzo yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Detroit, Detroit. Yes. And then we doubled back. You was doing a rap game mm. mixtape. And me and Proof was in there dropping freestyles for you. Yeah. Yep. And I remember listening to um listening to that cassette. It was on cassette. And that was the first time um uh you had played Biggie. What was it? It wasn't somebody's got to die. It was one of them on there, but that had that had some classic shit that think, hadn't um, came out yet. Puffy gave me that tape. Yeah, you know he gave me he hopped out of bands with Mace and gave me a promo tape. Damn. And, um, at that time, I had them tapes in the hip hop shop back then. Right. And um, I used to boom them, and um, I went in there one time and they were sold out. Yeah. So I'm like, proof where my money at? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so um. He was like, but I ain't got no money right now. I think he spent the money, up, right. you know. That's so funny. he um he gave me a jogging suit. Right. I think Mo mad about that to this day. <laughs> Sorry, Mo. <laughs> but yeah, he uh yeah we because he was he was looking at how professional the tapes was with my name on them. Right. So um he eventually got the Fire Ella album made. Right. And you had he had the shrink wrap and um. He was like, Butter, man, we we outdoing you. You know, he was really hard on me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rest in peace to Big Proof. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. Yep. And then um, recording uh, Kill the DJ, that was fun because you had the nine coming through. Yeah. Rob, we did that at Rob Jasper crib. Yeah. And um, it was weird because, like, I was just popping up, like, after work. And I just came over one day and the nine had finished the beat. And... 
I think I don't know. Um, I think the nine wrote to it first. I had like part of a verse, and we just all kind of just wrote and laid it there, and shit. But that was dope because that was that was one of my favorite songs I ever did. Period. Mm. Because it had the scratching on it. Oh wow! You know what I'm saying? It take I take the money. So they eventually run. did it over. He scratched that same for cut. real. Yeah, but yeah. it was from you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's their shit first. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So every time I hear he Dewitt, yeah. yeah, every time I hear Dewitt, I'll be like, oh yeah. yeah, that I get me excited, man. But yeah. the the best part of that was after the fact when you did the um album release party and proof was hosting i was performing the song and i'm on the stage performing this shit and it's this kid this little young white kid in the front row singing along with me word for word man my head got so fucking big <laughs> i i actually forgot my lyrics <laughs> shit i had wow. fucked up i was like Oh shit! And I heard you yell out, "Just freestyle!" Yeah. I'm like, "Nigga, I don't freestyle. <laughs> Just stop Actually, this shit." Actually, proof hosted that party for for me. Yeah, that was my shit happens party. Yeah, yeah. Cause, cause D, Shady Records wanted the song. Okay. So he he really wanted to come back and show love. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. If, even if they didn't, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So that was dope. He, he, yeah. I got it on videotape as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rest in peace to Big Proof, you know. Yeah, that was dope, man. But yeah, that was that was fun. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, man, some good times, man. And then the people we interviewing, it's like the I guess the craziest thing that that keep coming up. Well, at least from four of the people we talked to, was Tupac. I, we talked the about. Tupac, <laughs> the Red Man yeah. uh, story. No, <laughs> Red Man came up twice in these stories. Yep. Yeah, yep. when Glock was like, he was filleting my man and yeah, shit. Yeah. And then the Jack Frost and the St. Eyes commercial. Course, yeah. And then, um, like, three times, there's a death row connection mm-hmm. there. DJ and, Lowe's dad and him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or people just being around death row or having connections mm-hmm. with death row from Detroit back then that we didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. So that... That's dope. So yeah, y'all gotta check those episodes out. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, we got some good people coming up, man. So what's what's going on with the album with Good Dope Sales itself, though? Who all you got on there? Uh, Other than me, of course. Was it's, uh, it's starring Pace One, me, DJ King David. Pace One is the lead vocalist. And we got four eyes from DTP uh clan. Uh, we got as well as Bazaar from D twelve. Um, DJ Dez made a beat on here. Of course, B-Boy Red and King David rhyming on here with Pace One. Um, King David got bars, though. Right. Low key. He, yeah. he, he a DJ, but he yeah. got bars. Yeah, we, um, shout out to Thousand. He's the, he mastered it, you know. Um, it's out right now. It's distributed through Sony, Sony Orchard, you know what I'm saying? It's called Good Dope Sells Itself. Oh, that's what's up. Traffic as well. Uh, so Pace one of the legendary outsiders. Yeah, this doing is doing songs for Lauren Hills, uh Pace One, Young Z. Yeah. King David told us a hell of a story about Young Z. Mm-hmm. Like when he picked him up to take him to Bazaar House. Yeah, that was Yeah, hilarious. that was funny. And welcome home Young Z as well. Yep. You know? Hey, you wanna know the funniest thing? Y'all gonna see an episode. Um, Butter and most of the episodes, like 
sometimes I get tongue tied, right, when I'm interviewing people because I'm like a fan. But Butter be chill. He be laid back. He might crack a little smile. But in one episode, he was talking about getting high with Chris Webber. Outcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think Butter Teeth showed so bright. I was like, damn, that must have been a good memory, Man, boy. We was at uh, Legends. Okay. We was at top. Chris Webber bought us food. And uh, me, my cousin Ronnie, Chris Webber, and uh, Andre 3000, and Big Boy, we was all just sitting at the table, you know? Yeah. But we was blow I, it's like, i don't know what what we had man i think right. we had bought something special when we seen chris but yeah man, it was a, that was a good time shout out to no coast shout out to humility records you know yeah. man it was it was a good time to see cj really doing his thing you know that type of time you know that's dope so let's, let's talk about some um some hip-hop in general what's what's out now that you're listening to uh my man Bodie James. Um, yep. Of course, we got an album out called The Art of Rock Climbing. Um, Rock Marciano. I okay. Listen, listen to him. I mean, he he make his own beats. Just to hear what he do with the sound effects and rhyming over different stuff. I'm a I'm a fan of that. Okay. He's like a one man band. You know what right. I'm saying? Um. Still, you know. A lot of oldies. I still get a, you know influence from the oldies. You know, yeah. I got yeah. a couple mix shows, so I I play all what's new and you know what I like from Detroit classics and things like that as well. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I try to listen to some new stuff. I listen to Sada Baby. I like his energy. Of course, all the Detroit stuff. Um, yeah. uh, who else I'm listening Payroll. to? Payroll. Yep. I haven't, but I haven't. It seemed like the older I got, the less album side. By I'm like kind of listening to like one off songs here and there, right? But um, shit, I really did become an old man, man. I be listening to some old music, like mm. I ain't talking about old hip hop. I be listening Steph- Stephanie Mills or something, <laughs> man. Cause you know we be me and my wife be ballroom yeah, dancing and yeah. stuff. So that music, like enchantment, dramatics, and all of that. You know mm. what I'm saying? Then I be like, damn, we used to sample all this stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like. I'm listening to it. Me and my wife, we all hugged up. But at the same time, I'm singing some shit to it because I'm thinking about the rap that went to it. But, um, yeah, I listened to some old hip-hop. Me and my wife would do a road trip. Mm. And i just go through my CDs and it'd be like, I don't have nothing, like, really current. But then i will play some stuff, man. i would be like... Damn, should I be embarrassed listening to this? <laughs> but the shit still go man. hard. Like Niggas for Life. Yeah. That yeah. man, that album was well put that together. Album, yeah. yeah. That I think that was like the pre chronic, but I think it was leading up to that, but they had the little turmoil and all that with mm-hmm. the breakup. But when you listen listen to the production and the way that album the was put together, all, yeah. that was really that was the chronic in the making to mm-hmm. me when you listen to it. But that that album was dope. Um, but yeah, some of the shit we was listening to and saying back then, I was like, God damn, yeah. boy, we was we was something else. But yeah. Yeah, I, I, I try to take a visit to the record stores often just to, you know, just go in there with twenty dollars and see what I can buy, maybe take some old used stuff that I had and right. update my collection, maybe. 
you know, see what's new out there and, and bring some new stuff home. Right. You know, just to keep, keep a, you know, a, adjusted with the times, man. Right. Being a DJ, you got to kind of love it all. I can't really be selfish like that, you know. Yeah. I think that's the, the advantage of being a DJ because you kind of forced to stay stay up to speed on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's a gift and a curse. It's like now, a lot of cats don't think the DJs need anything. Like right. you know, rappers think DJs supposed to play and support and support, and they just don't think it's supposed to come back. But right. even now, I, I seen a um a story on on Bobby Smurder and, and Nori talking about payola and things. It's, you know, it it takes money to make money, man. So you know, just got to keep the DJs empowered. I mean for. Just even watching Jam Master J go out over a drug deal like that, just right, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, you know, just watching him, you know, made me want to do my own label harder and right, you know, invest in myself harder. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, the DJs break the records, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like actually on the um, pace mentioned, you know, the DJ tribute. Yes, so like you can upload your stuff to YouTube, but the thing with like what Valet was saying, like. You have to go find the music, but the DJ is still important because they're the ones that's feeding it to the public. Yeah. So, like, you know, DJ is can be a club DJ. A lot of records got broke at the titty bars. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you feeling good. You know what I'm saying? You got some titties on your chin and you right. hear the music. You get home, you want to relive that moment. Right. You know what I'm saying? And your girl titties might not look like that, but you can listen, right. still listen to the same song. I got some Picasso. Shout out to her. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, man. But in all seriousness, though, we we talk about you know the DJs. It's it's a lot of connections you have to do to break a record. Um, good music is always best, but it can only go so far if it's not being heard. Yeah, and, but you remember Billy T used to wake us yeah. up with Detroit hip hop. It was, yep. it was empowering. Like, yeah, yeah we like, wake up and hear him in trouble, trouble some on the yeah. radio. Yep, you know. But it, it's like you know, um, a lot of artists do stop at just oh, I made a good song and mm -hmm. should get support. Mm -hmm. And artists now got such they got more platforms to get their music out on, like. You can literally upload your shit to Spotify or or online. Just put it on YouTube. You can shoot a video today and have it on YouTube tonight. But, too, you know, you know artists, when you do things like that, the, the follow-through, I mean, if you, you got merchandise or even if you get a the DJ a drop. Right. You know, you customize it. It get it make them feel like it's we, – we, we found a way to be more anti-social with social media. Right. You know, and just even text messaging. I think that's what's kind of, you know. Right. The messed up the kind of the communication with a lot of this stuff. So. Yeah. You know, as far as the DJs and, and the, the MCs, you got to kind of, you know, you got to receive a love and get a love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. And it, it's funny because, like, I just remember, like, not this wasn't, like, 80s. Well, in the 80s, you know, you had your your radio DJs that were hip-hop DJs in real life, like your Molly Moss or Mr. Magic and them. But then you had that mixtape era DJs, the Clues and all of that. And it was like, yeah, you go give that DJ a drop for their album or their mixtape. And then you also, you probably gave them a verse. You know right. what I'm saying? Because you... 
Underground got the music first. They broke it first and then started forcing the radio to play some of it. And then some stuff that was too hard for the radio, it was circulating in the street. So it kind of didn't matter because people's buying an album mm-hmm. based on people have a fear of missing out. So, like, if I got the new joint from Butter, then somebody else feel like they got to have it. If everybody start banging it, then it's like, okay, what am I missing out on? Let me go get the whole album mm-hmm. first. You know what I'm saying? Because right. it's, it's weird how it works. Like, you might think some, you might not even think something hot until you hear everybody else playing it. So yeah, the DJ is still important, man. Shout out to Drunken Master, you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, it's yep. my guy, Twelve Tech Mob. Yeah, yeah that's I, what's I up. think um at the same time um you know um the marriage you know is just the love from you know they got to give it back. It's it's like if we don't add it up to where Detroit artists you know can't turn on the radio and hear their own music. And they want to charge the DJ for verses and drops and things, and we we supporting our own. We really kind of battling ourselves, you know what right. I'm saying? So DJs and the artist connection got to get back right again, because you see DJ Drama and, and Khaled, you know he bring he brings so much unity on the projects. You right. look for the unity more than than the music majority of the time, right. you know what I'm saying? So shout out to DJ Khaled, man. He held my album up, a piece of the action. You know, like a proud, like it dope. was his. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh, that was dope. He seen investment. Hey, who, who are? Because you had a piece of the action. That's the one you did with Dash, right? Right. And y'all had who are y'all have on that project? Oh, uh, we had um, we had Dipset, Hell Rail, uh, Cocaine, uh, from Ruthless Records, Easy E Fam, right? Corrupt, uh, Bodie James, Boss, Get Well, Boss, yeah, Seven a General. My boy Cyrus Grism from Highland Park, him and his wife, um, TKO the Dreadnoughts, Joey Bishop, of course, um, Street Lord Juan was on there. Um, I rhymed on there with DJ Dez, my mama at the beginning of the, of our song. That's dope. I recorded her before she passed away. Kind of, kind of felt like she was gonna pass away. So I said, let me get all you know, get all what I right. what I can out of her, but. That's dope. So, um, yeah, go get that. It's on iTunes right now. It's called A Piece of the Action, me and DJ Dez. Yeah. That's dope. Wesley Valentine, shout out to you, bro. So let's talk about some some hip-hop overall. Let's go back back in the day. So when when me and you first met, I think we was both like big, cold, chilling record yes. uh, fans. So it was like I would go to Chantonique's. Anything that said Def Jam or Cold Chillin', I just brought it. I ain't even question the quality. We, we had Chantonique's in Pro- Highland Park, man. Yeah. I yeah. was just buying stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, they had, like, they lead artists. You had your Big Daddy or Biz Markie. But anybody after that, whether it was Master Ace, Craig G, or any of that, we was just buying it. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, I know it's dope. Me and um, me and Ellie Ill used to go in there and just everything new if they had, like, gold chain and the gym yeah. shoes on the cover we was like we didn't even care what it sounded like let right. me just buy it and listen to it and just be up on it you know yeah. shout out to Josie and Barry of Chantonique's Records that was that was our our Hitsville at home you know at HP you know yeah remember this uh, dude named Barsha that was on yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. remember I said oh, yeah. that yeah practice for is his stuff on YouTube man I don't even know we gotta yeah, look him up yeah yep. it, it was acts like it was acts like like him, 
um, that was hard. I just think it was just uh, it wasn't a, a lane for him at the time because lyrically, he was there. I be mentioning the people and people Damn, be like, no. right. "Who is that?" I'm like, "Man, his lyrics was hard. It was super hard." Yep. But the the person that came out of that, um, that stuck out a lot. So you, of course, you had your Kane, your Biz, Master Ace, Craig G. But I think really, and of course MC Shan. But I think the the hardest one to come out of there after G Rap and Kane was Grand Granddaddy IU. Mm. Yep, because he had lyrics and his swag. Pimping. Yeah, he was pimping. You can see a lot of you can see a lot of maybe like Jay. Um, it's a it's a lot of people you can see kind of had that right. same. He was like laid back with it. You know what I'm saying. Brother um, Jay, you know he, he. Yeah. Brother Jay was the balance with the with the funk and. The, yeah. The, yep. He was hardcore with it and had a subject with it. Right. You know it was it was like roller skate music at the same time as funk. You know just yeah the street element with the beats. You know right. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. So I want I want to know something. I always want to ask you this. Remember, um, remember Cool Keith came out with uh, Papa Large. Mm-hmm. Remember, he had the East Coast version. He had yeah, the West Coast. Yeah, Which one did you like the most? The West Coast was dope. Yeah, because yeah, it had that dope. funky, what, Funky Worm sample? Yeah, I think yeah. D- what, DJ Pooh did that one. Yeah, yeah, yep, DJ I think Pooh did the that. The video was crazy. The video. Yeah. You know, when I met Cook the Keith, funk, man. Freak the Funk and all that junk. I get busy yeah. on them, communicate with the world. Yeah. Man, that was a hell of a record, man. <laughs> a Ricky Ricardo yeah. or El Dorado or some shit. <laughs> that shit was hard. But yeah, I want the fans to let us know Man, which every which time version I, they think is better. I think about Cool Keith when I see. Well, I think about you when I see Cool Keith, and that when mm-hmm. I talk to G Rap, I think about you. you yeah. Know? yeah, oh G Rap, man, that was yeah. my my guy. I remember, I remember first watching the Symphony with my friend Wendell, right? And we was and we was sitting there, and that's that's how long ago it was because I said my friend, not my boy, but. Um, we was watching it, and we was like Big Daddy Kane fans. I heard G Rap on, um, he had a song, Color Soundtrack. I think it was Rikers Island or one. Yeah. Or, um, it was Rikers Island or was it Men at Work? It was one of them that was on the Color Soundtrack. Mm. And I heard him, but I, I, he was dope, but I ain't really like getting to him like that. Man, the symphony came on. And then your verse came on. He was like, Marley gives the slice. I get nice. Mm. And I was sitting there like, and then Big Daddy Kane verse came on. I was like, we expected that from Kane. And I looked at Wendell. I was like, man, G-Rap was better than Kane. Yeah, yeah. And he, man, we, I argue with a lot of people <laughs> over that, man. And I'm like, man. yeah, Kane had that, that line, put a quarter in your ass because you played yourself. But G-Rap verse is timeless. Oh, I want to take that verse and put it over some like different beats, like current beats. That that verse timeless, dog. Yeah. They said they had to snip that verse. It was longer than what we heard. Yeah, because he was he was trying to outrap Kane. Man, the the beauty of being able to watch the video and walk up the street to Shantanese and go buy the record yeah. was, man, was so convenient, man. That yeah. was dope. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, G Rap G Rap uh changed. He's trying to change the format. So you had you for well, at least for me, coming out of that that real like real like hood high era and then going into run DMC, then LL, um, 
who else had had some different styles. Like Houdini had more. They they had they was the first grown and sexy to me. Yeah. Like people don't really give them that credit, but Houdini yeah, was the first like grown man rap. I'm not a young boy, even mm-hmm. though they was young. And then had um, weed clips on their clothing and their hats. Yeah, and they wasn't wearing <laughs> they wasn't wearing Adidas and shit yeah, like everybody else. Yeah. And then um, but then the rhyme styles and patterns started changing. Like you know your uh, Big Daddy Kane, Karis one, Rakim, but G Rap rhyme pattern. You would listen to Rakim, but then you would hear G Rap and the way he was flipping his words, and then he had that list. But it was just it was just different, and then you could hear that like in Big Pun, you can hear the storytelling you, element. Too, yeah, right? yep, he had all of that, man. But yeah, G Rap, G Rap. I got, I got my favorite rappers, and then I got my goats. G Rap is in both, mm-hmm. right? So like my favorite rapper list includes King T, mm. but he not my goats, right? Because sometimes your favorite rapper be about personality, what songs they made, and that right. type of stuff. But my goats can rhyme, they can hit, make hits, and all of that stuff as yeah. well. Yeah, I so. got a, I did a song with G Rap and Guilty on a piece of the action, and G Rap and Boldy is on the Art of Rock Climb, and I did those two records. Damn, well, you ain't yeah. mentioned that. <laughs> Well, yeah, can't forget G Rap. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. He called me Barry, my government. <laughs> yeah, that's Barry. what's up. <laughs> that's dope. cool, G Rap. Yeah. yeah, that's dope. So, how how did you start DJing? Like when I met you, I met you through Tyrone because me and him was doing like shows with like Candy Production mm-hmm. and performing at um, she had us performing at Hart Plaza, State Fair, and Little. It was dope because she had us perform. She had a place where all the kids can perform, right? Actually, right in um, Sun Village area, right over Conan. Right, right, area. Right. And yeah, um, shout out to Miss Candy. Yep, and she every Friday at this church, she would let everybody come perform. They would rap or dance, mm-hmm. and then like the bigger act, she would allow them to perform on the bigger shows. Yeah, and she would book shows, but that's. I was hanging with Tyrone around that time, and then Joey Bishop. Shout yeah, out to you, yeah. That's when I met you. How long before that was you were you DJing? Well, um, coming up, um, from Thompson, um, Thompson, I was inspired just watching the the videos and seeing certain things. But and going to Barber, I met uh, Patrick Hendricks, Illy Ill, right, and um. You know, I've been knowing of Jam Master J, but to see him, uh, Illy Ill, he used to dub the uh, make the beats with the double cassettes, right? Off his grandma radio, his grandma church radio. But one day he, uh, I was in his house and he was banging on the yellow pages with the pencil. He had the microphone um, recording the pencils hitting the, the yellow pages, and he made them, them the drums, right? to his his track and then he he's like watch this and then he put the bass on it with right. with the cuts and you know then put the stabs and yeah he was doing all this stuff and I'm like wow you know he was a one man team and and he was pretty much like dog if you figure this out you right. know you my DJ or if you get some equipment right you know I couldn't do all the stuff he was doing he was 
man, he made a a, a drum beat off the yellow pages with the pencils, Damn, bro. Right. And tweaked the bass on a on a four track. Right. You know, and all and man, and then it sounded like we went to the studio, you know right. what I'm saying? So I eventually got some equipment. Um I was learning on my grandma turntable. Um going from, from Highland Park to Puritan um in North Line to my grandma house. Right. Hold on, how many people fucked up their grandma's turntables oh, man. Trying, <laughs> trying to be a DJ? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when I heard Christmas rapping and rock yeah. box and all that stuff, my grandma kind of knew, like, that was my lane. Like, this right. is what you want to do. So um, I was able to come back to Patrick like, yo, I know I figured it out. You right. Know? So as soon as I got my, my 1200s, it was like 500 a piece back then. Like, you know, we was 14, 14 15 years old. So, so it was, you know, I had to get a $200 mixer and right. $1,000 worth of turntables, you know. I got my equipment. We shot our first video, but I never really had a chance to, to you know, take the equipment to the studio because he got killed right after that. So right. I, I um I went harder on on doing the mixtapes and you know promote myself. And then me and TKO Joey Bishop, we we was all part of you know the Highland Park rapping crews and stuff right. like that. So he was telling me about Candy Productions and joke man and all this stuff so yeah. we we was able to do joke latin man. quarters and all that stuff yeah. as kids you know we That's rocked dope. all them before i was 18 latin quarter state right. fair you know you was dj main attraction dj right? was yeah. skills it was it was first it was terminator 1200 <laughs> <laughs> it was terminator, terminator 1200, 1200 yeah. and dj skills <laughs> but alliance had skills they okay had a D, uh, they had a dj um Skills in, in the Alliance. Okay. So when I seen that, it broke my heart. I think Elio brought that record back, record home. It was like, yo, they got your name, this type of thing. So it was main attraction after that. Then it's still main attraction in my own little way, but yeah. it, I, I, Butter is more commercialized, you know. Yeah, that's dope. What made you choose DJ Butter? Uh, Just, just coming out... Um, it's just a persona, man. I right. mean, just I it's just you gotta kinda go in situations laid back, especially in the music business. Right. Um, you know, I didn't take me coming up as a child into the music business, so I said, Let me let me have something to patient deal with you know, deal with these guys that patient right. me out, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it was a chill name, you know what I'm saying? I'm light skinned. <laughs> and I and I try not to give give people so much of my energy all the time right. so you know it's, that's was it ever like a dj parquet out there you had beef with or something nah. <laughs> like parquet nah, butter, beef. <laughs> but, 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 butter. <laughs> no <laughs> no it's a it's a guy um it's a guy on the internet now you know he is white dude he, he got the butter name i'm like yeah. dog you go back 20 years you know right um, nah Anybody named DJ Butter, we come. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's dope. <laughs> DJ Butter, HP, HP's own. Yeah, I got a couple yeah. albums out under that name. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. So what's Arizona like, man? You went out there and you left the city folks behind. Uh, went it's, out west. It's um, it's it's. It's not as um man my phone ringing I guess it's the interview wanted to call now <laughs> right but um it's not as um 
it's not as um entrepreneurial. You know how we can um just step out the house and buy something and right. you know, is you know, everybody kinda got their hand on something out there. It's like Okay. It's all kinda it's, it's alliance out, you know, a little bit. Um you can't just you gotta have some connections and throw parties and do certain things. Right. But I'm getting adjusted to that. You know, just like me going to I go to a hundred record stores here. Right. But there I gotta talk to management and, and right, you know, yeah. just like you know, the management gotta talk to management and they gotta approve the product. You know, Detroit gotta take advantage of, you know, that entrepreneur spirit. We gotta make so the you, best of that up. You saying like that. here you could just you can go in the store, have a conversation mm-hmm. and get a record in there. Yeah. But there you gotta go like more of the corporate politics is yeah, got uh, mail CDs in emails. They got to see the barcodes on it, you know, right. things like that. We, and then, you know, for years, for years, me and King day, we used to go to the record store and, and see artists never put their records on consignment. Right. You know, they really don't build up a demand, you know, for the, you know, I see, I see Detroit records more out there in AZ, you know what right. I'm saying? Then, you know, That's here crazy. at home, you know, Clear Soul Forces records. Right. You know, on the shelves. What's the there. place out there? Was it Trill Trill or something like that? Yep, Trill. Um is that a record store and what what exactly is it? It's a it's a it's like a uh it's like a hip hop shop on steroids. It's right. It's like um you know, you got the graffiti element, um, you know, the cast that do graffiti, you can go there and buy paint. Right. Um, the cast that do toys, make toys and they break dancing out there. Yeah, they still break dancing. We, come, we coming yeah. for y'all. I'm about to get my they shit together. They still break dancing out there. I'm about to um Alfonso Rivera package. <laughs> Remember he was selling the break dancing yeah, kit with the albums yeah. and shit. Yeah. I'm gonna get ready. We gonna go out there and battle. Yeah, yeah, they still they still love the culture out there. Yeah, we gonna serve them fools. Yeah, like they say in <laughs> There go rock steady. Let's go serve them. Yep. Shout out to Chuck and Trill. Uh, Zia Records, um, my man DJ Tony Tone, he out there back and forth. Uh, Frogger D, who was on, yeah, yeah, he's out there. With, um, he was at the beginning of Eminem. I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Frogger D. Yeah, he's out there. Yep. yep. I ain't heard that name in a while. Yeah, yeah. Like it's some names I remember, like uh, Dopadelic. You yeah, remember them? Yeah, I'm with my guys. Huh? Yeah, I remember being at the Rhythm Kitchen, Dopadelic performing and so the two the two groups i remember the most was paul bunyan who was yeah paul rhythm cartel yep. yep. and, and um, jake and uh dopadelic but yep. dopadelic had a a live they had a a nice stage performance yeah they they lyrics was on point that like the whole package was there what well, the, the inner circle was out too wrong yeah yeah yep. it was they they was performing but I knew them, so it was like I seen Dopadelic, but I was hearing the Inner Circle music more than I was seeing them perform. Mm-hmm. But Dopadelic, I ain't hear none of their music. I just seen the stage performance, so that's all I had to go on. But the Inner Circle was good because I knew them, I knew the music. I get there and I'm rocking with them. Mm-hmm. I would tell you that time P. Groove pulled me up on stage, mm-hmm. he was performing at. Um, think it was like majestic or something like that and they was performing and he was like he said something out of the park he reached down pulled me up on stage i was geeked as hell Shout like out to p groove sleepy d yeah kob 
Yeah, you know I sampled P. Groove for um, oh, HP, HP style. style. Okay, yeah. He was happy as hell. We was at the hip hop shop. I think Des let him hear it or something. Mm-hmm. Des was quoting a lyric when I was like, "This ain't the East Coast flavor or the West Coast yeah, behavior." Yeah, 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 I yeah. rap a nigga out his Timbos and his Chuck Taylors, and then Groove had heard it, and he was like, "Man, it was like, <laughs> I intentionally wanted to sample somebody wow. from Highland Park," and he was the only person I had saying something about HP like that. Man, shout out to P. Groove. That's that was like our Molly Maud, our Dilla. Yeah, before Dilla, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Over there recording on that four track. I got a couple songs with him. Mm-hmm. Used to go over there with TKO sometime record. Deathcore. Yeah. Yep. Those was the good old days. Young but rest yeah, of peace, P- Young E. Yeah. Yep. P Groove in the house. Yep. So, um, who who else who else you work with as far as producers, man? Who? Oh, man. Um, producer wise, um, early in the game, I did um. I did a lot of stuff with Denai. Um, yep. I did um did stuff with Dez, of course. Um, S Man, I did an album with S Man. It's called Espionage. It's out now. Yeah. Um, he slept on. You know, I, I yeah, really wanted. Yeah, S Man was dope. Yeah, I really dope. wanted to work with him and get some professional out there. It's called Espionage. You got um Method Man is on that album. Esham is on that album. Yep. Um, Sticky Fingers. Uh. That's a Melanie Rutherford, yeah. yeah. Sticky fingers. Mm-hmm. Was dope because like around that time, I think you was working with uh Sick Notes. Yeah, Sick Notes. Yeah. Kind of around that same time. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, this music banging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dope, man. Detroit, Detroit got some shit. I'm pretty sure some other cities out there that got some shit. And we said we gotta we gotta start reaching out more around. We were seeing Yaktown, Flint, right. Um, Ypsilanti. Right. Um, who else? Ann Arbor. Right. Had some cats. What was the DJ name? Um uh, damn, what was his name? I think he was was he from Ann Arbor? Graffiti. Yeah, DJ Graffiti. You DJ. still yeah, you still that's link my up? Guy. Yeah. Smart dude, man. He a lawyer. Yeah. Oh, for real? Shout out to DJ Graffiti. Oh yeah, I need to sue somebody. <laughs> still in my still in my rhyme style. <laughs> From right. back in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. Yep. So yeah, man. Hip hip hop is good. I'll be sometime I'll be feeling like, you know, at some point in my life I felt like I was outgrowing hip hop to the to the point where like the new content was like everything just seemed immature to me for where I'm at in life. But then like all the older artists, like or artists around my age some of them was still dropping content like, you know, I don't want to hear you 50 and you still talking, you game banging and shit like that. Like, you, if you is, then I shouldn't be listening to right, you. Right, right, And then if you ain't, you really shouldn't be talking about it. Right, right. So it's like, um, but yeah, it's like everybody didn't involve, you know what I'm saying, over time. But then you got some people like, shit, man, Nas rapping his ass off yeah. on this whole King's disease and all that and then the beat selection. Everything is is dope, it's mature. Um, even like some of Jay most recent verses and stuff like that. The conversation yeah. is different. The the beauty of that too, you look at it like 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 Teddy Riley the guy and, and yeah. with Nas and Hip Boy is like 
I think a lot of those, our favorite MCs, they, they want that access to a producer and say, yo, make them 50 beats for me. Right. Them 20, you know, sit, yeah. hold them up for me. Because I think a lot of hip-hop at, at, at took a dive when, when, when sampling wasn't cleared on them records and you only have somebody as creative as Hit Boy. And right. With that much access and say, yo, here, I'm going to do a whole album with you. That's... That's what I I kind of took the method of that with this Pace One album, right? Um, the Bodhi album I did, you know, just kind of have your own because it's something about um, even DJ Scratch when he did the RZA album, he was saying, you know, DJs, it's time for y'all to get published and it's for us to just break records and stuff. We find our way in the poorhouse if we right. just, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. So. Remember, so let's talk about, I want to talk about something that when we, because we've been interviewing a lot of Detroit hip-hop legends, right? Some of them still active, like Mercer Samir is very active, right? He just did something mm-hmm. with Teddy Riley, he said. So, right, right. Um, but is, is it, so is it, the, is it the beaten production or is it the rhyme style? So, for example... Nas rhyme style was a little bit ahead of his time or it was always unique. So you could take Nas and bring him up to a Hit Boy production or premiere production, but the premiere production that he had back then may not, if it came out right now, would it have the same impact, right? But with Hit Boy, if you used those same rhymes with two different producers, would it have had that same impact? Do you think so? I mean, I think, um, I think uh, at some point, um, some of the producers they get to a point where it's hard to disguise their samples. Right. You know, I think Hip Boy found a way to be creative. Right. You know, um, you know the the art of even scratching on somebody' record. You got to make sure you're scratching the right stuff. Yeah. You ain't got no clearances, problems, and things. I think. I think that's the freedom that a lot of rappers been. Just think if if Rakim had that access. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I I think when we when we talked to Valid on the um show, and I was trying to explain like, you know, and it wasn't like dissing Rakim and them, but it was like after their third album, it didn't have the same impact or the fans wasn't really because hip hop was still moving pretty swiftly at that time. It was just changing so quick. And thinking back on it, like, did those guys really have a, a fighting chance after a certain period of time? So what I mean is, like, back then we thought 30, a 30-year-old 30 rapper was just old as hell. You know what I'm saying? And now you got people getting in the game at 35. Yeah. And for whoever thought we would see a 40, 50-year-old rapper rapping on a hit song on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? On a consistent basis, coming back, doing your um all the way up, you know what I'm saying, or, or whatever, hit songs coming out from the 40, 50-year-old rapper. That just wasn't, like, it was at one point in time, it was like, I remember everybody uncle favorite rapper was Cool Mo D because he sounded like the grown man, right? But, like, Rakim, third, fourth album, you wasn't hearing it on the radio. It wasn't getting pushed. It wasn't, didn't have a machine behind it. But then as the fans, we had moved on away from that. Mm-hmm. 
so quick. And it's almost like we forgot about a lot of them dudes, even though they were still putting out good music. I mean, the politics of that stuff. Yeah. Like Nas putting out his own records. Yeah. That okay. Make a, that make a difference, too. I mean, you know, um, the way of um, just staying young, man, in the game. I mean, Fat Joe, young. He's still young. You right. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I think uh, we found a way to... um. Hip hop has got a, a kick out of saying rest in peace to somebody, bro. Right. Damn, that's you deep. Know, it's like, that, right. You know, and and I never wanted to, you know, it's like I hear certain people run Detroit hip hop is like, let let their career go to the graveyard. And me as a DJ, I, I feel like a pussy if I just play New York and LA stuff. Right. And, you know, it's like, let me. Let me throw in a, a Detroit legend and some yeah. of this new stuff. And it's like, and I just never, I, I, I hung around Proof and Dilla and I took pictures. I don't care if I bothered them. You know, it's right. like, in hip hop, we tolerate each other too much instead of just saying, I love you, bro. You, you know, right. let's work together. Let's, let's put something together. It should not take a gang to do that. You know right. what I'm saying? It, it seemed like though some of the younger artists doing that though a yeah, little bit, cause they, but they even see though our eras and, and you know yeah. just our our unity man it's it's like if if Cass is forty five and and plus and done hip hop and haven't been to Hitsville and or my age of forty eight or fifty right and haven't met Dilla or don't know Maurice Malone and, and you've been in the game for thirty years and this right it's like. It's it's time to move on now. You know, right. it's like I make it an effort to take pictures with cats, man, because, you know. Yeah. It's empowerment. You know what I'm saying? It's just like we – it's easy to be selfish and go to my blue-collar job like like we were trained and not to, not to take on that Barry right. Gordy spirit. But, you know, we got to change something because we got to mold some entrepreneurs. I was motivated by Mary, Barry Gordy and – and Kathy from Strictly Sports, where this would right. this would yeah. helps me do what I do. Shout yeah. out, mm-hmm. shout out to Strictly Sports, where yeah. so back in the day, right? So like everybody, this was like the late eighties. Um, all the all the dope boys on the street, YBI and whatever. Yeah, I was selling t shirts on the corner with Kathy for real. Yeah, man. Strictly Sports, where I think one of the most famous things they sold, at least the store in Highland Park, was. They would take like a cartoon character and then they would have them dress like a rapper or a dope boy. Mm-hmm. So like you would have like uh Donald Duck or something with the Kango on with the fat rope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With the shell toes or whatever, driving a uh Jeep, Suzuki or something mm-hmm. like that. So those was like, you know, this was everybody was airbrushing everything right, right. back then. But strictly sportswear, man, they they stood the test of time, man. Yeah, that was she's where she's still in business. She like yep. that's like that's hey. like my Russell Simmons to me. You know what I'm saying? For real, Sylvia Rohn is yeah watching her, bro. So what was so funny about Strictly Sportswear was, you know, you can go up the street to them. And this is where I first learned about. Um, I learned about about marketing and 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 just different selling products. Period. Right. So like. And location as well. So you might go into Strictly Sportswear and get whatever. Let's just say a shirt. That shirt may be $5 more than what you could get it for at Northland. But 
if you wanted that shirt for tomorrow at school, you can just run up to Strictly Sports, mm-hmm. grab it, and be ready. Right. Northland, at that age, we had to catch the bus out there and get our parents. You might not get out there till tomorrow. Right. And then when you get out there, you're only saving five dollars, mm-hmm. right? So it was important to support the local business, and Northland ain't there no more. Right. <laughs> it's strictly sports. Shout out to you spectacles as well. Zane. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, spectacles. Yeah. I, I made it a habit for for years to go down there at least by just one item every year. Gosh, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because like, I remember I wore um. She had a Detroit hip-hop shirt, and it was a guy scratching on it with, like, an afro. I remember, I remember I wore that shirt to Freaknik, mm. and I seen CeeLo at one of the little hand car washes. He was having, you know, they had little crackheads or whatever washing cars for him. And he looked at the shirt, and he just nodded, like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, But he, he, like, looked at it, like, several times because it was just, like, it represented something. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if he really paid that much attention to it, but I thought he did. Well, shout yeah. out to CeeLo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I brought, yeah, I used to buy stuff from, she been around a long time, man. Yeah. I think they were trying to push y'all. She they got were. a hell of a spot downtown yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Yep. She got Maurice Malone gear in there now. Yeah, yeah. She always supported DJs, too. She had DJs come down there and do sets. Um, the house music DJs. Techno, hip hop, all of that, man. Yeah. She would sell books down there, local um, authors and everything. Right. Get fresh. You oh. go get a YBI book in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's actually where I brought my YBI <laughs> book from. Yeah. Yo. Shout out to Zayna. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yep. So, yeah, man, we got we got a lot coming, man. We just, um, we got some great interviews. We're going to keep doing this, and then we're going to interview some people. Who who are your local legends in your um in your state, your city? You know, we're gonna move this thing around and yeah, we're gonna travel see with what's it. what. Yeah. yeah we we interviewing the people that that influence your celebrities. You know what I'm saying? Like M mentioned Mira Merciless and Awesome Dre yeah. doing this rock and roll hall of fame um speech. So it's like these guys that we was hearing growing up trying to be in hip-hop. They was doing it on a local level, but they was getting national attention. So, I mean, shit, Jack Frost had a St. Ives commercial. And first it was just one. Like the first one. From Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was almost unheard of. Yeah. You know, so it's, um, yeah, man. He we sampled can... Aretha Franklin. A lot of people don't oh, know yeah. about Jack yep. Frost sampling Aretha Franklin, man. We yep. able to capture uh him at our table, man. We giving they flowers in in our face and each other's face, man. We yep. we got it. The the funeral can't be the family reunion, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that's what we changing up as well, you know. Yep. So yeah, man. Yeah, shout so. out to um shout out to all the studios that recorded us that took our money and, and coins and nickels and dimes. Yes. Ron Mo, shout out uh, Ron Mo. Yes. Ron Mo, shout yes, out to man. Mo Master, man. Yes, Mo, Master. Mo Master. Every time I'll be people be telling me they recorded at Mo Masters and I'll be like, I never ran into you at Mo's. Like you go to other studios, you usually run into other artists. But I ain't run into many people at Mo's and I figured out why. Mm. Mo had such a tight he was his scheduling and everything was on point. Mo could tell you right now who owed him five dollars. 
from 1997. Uh, like yes. <laughs> all his stuff meticulous. Yeah. He got the notebooks and he was scheduled. He knew where artists probably was going to go over their time. And he just never, I guess because his studio was at his crib, he probably didn't want too many people, you know what I'm saying, interacting at once. But, yeah, shout out to Mo Master, man. A lot of material came out of there. And he still got a lot of demos on some yeah. pretty famous people, man. Yes, so. yes. Shout out to Mo. Yep. Yep. Mo Master. So, yeah. CMC. Oh, yeah. Q-Ball. Q-Ball, uh, yeah, yeah. yep. Shout out to Q with 3D from Township. Shout out to 3D. Yeah, that's funny. Yep. So yeah, man, we we here, funky fresh in the flesh. Yes, sir. Podcast. I'm yes, B Boy Red. I'm DJ Butter, y'all. Yes, sir. And that's what's up. What up, though? Yes. What it be like? <laughs> <laughs>